Well, we are so glad that you are here in worship today. I wanna take just a moment uh, to thank Pastor Kayla for bringing God's word last Sunday in such an amazing way uh, while I was uh, in Oklahoma City. For some of you that don't know, uh, part of my family background is that my father was the president of what is now Mid-America Christian University uh, for about 10 years, in fact, the entire decade of the 90s um, when I was a young pastor. And I was there with uh, this, the campus community celebrating the new president, uh, President Phil Greenwald, who took office this year. Um, and he had invited me to be there as a part of his investiture as the new president, uh, as a part of our family's contribution to that uh, Christian university. And so that's why I took the Sunday to travel and to be there um, and it was quite an experience, to be honest with you, preaching through this series from Galatians um, about what it means to, to be repurposed in your life and walking down memory lane, if you would. Because you see, my father never dreamed that he would be the president of a college. My, my father was the first person from his family to graduate from high school. Now, since his time, uh, there are a number of college graduates and PhDs and very successful people in, in his family. But, but at that point, when he graduated from high school, he was the first one to get out of high school and then uh, to get a college degree. And, and so all of my life, I, I heard all of these stories about how important that place was to him, that school. And, and so imagine when uh, he'd been pastoring for a number of years and he received the call to to consider becoming the president of the school. And at that point in time, the, pre the, the school was in a, a great financial crisis. In fact, uh, when he first arrived as the president, the first thing, the first day that he had to do was he had to go to the bank that held the mortgage, the multi-million dollar mortgage on the campus and negotiate how to extend payment because they were already 90 days past due and foreclosure proceedings had started. And, and so that was his introduction to being a college president. <laughs> and, and for our family, those were, those were days of great prayer. And so for me to be there this last week and to, and to know what I'm about to preach to you today, because God in his wisdom always gives me this stuff and then stuff works out and I'm like, oh, that's what you were talking about, God. Uh, because, because while I was there, the man who was chairman of the board when they invited my father, who had no background in higher education, to become the president of this college, um, was telling me about those days. And we were going back and forth remembering um, his interpretation as chairman of the board, my interpretation as the son of the newly investitured president at that time. And, uh, and so it was a great time to see a lot of good people and good memories. And they asked me, you know, the first time I'd been back on the campus in a decade, I think. And, uh, and so I, I walked in, and the first thing I did was, was walk over there. They have a, a, a brick, a thing with donors who donated to make a building, and you got your name on a brick. And the first thing I did was go, my father's been, been with the Lord now for over a decade. And so I, the first thing I did was go and walk in and, and look at the brick with his name and my mother's name on it and, and, and think about all they contributed to me. And, and I tell you that not just to let you know where I was last week, but to tell you about what happens when you begin to see God 
do good work in your life. Because doing good work is something that, that's important. But it's not important that you do it so that everybody thinks you're great. Uh, when I was a, a seminary student, one of our professors um, would introduce this ethics question to us. Maybe you've taken an ethics class, college students, and, and, and the question was this. If a ball rolls out into the street between two cars and a young child runs out into the street to get the ball and an oncoming car is coming and the child's life is in great danger and the person who's across the street sees it and they run out and push themselves in danger and push the child out and they're hit by the car. Is the person a hero? Well, we're like, of course they're a hero. They ran out, they saved the little boy's life or the little girl's life. And then the professor would look at us and say, not necessarily. Because the question is not what you do, but why you do it. You see, my father became the president of a college not so that he could be a presidential figure, but he became the president of a college because he had a complete call from God to leave a very successful church and become the president of a struggling college because he knew that was what God wanted for his life. And when you and I start looking at why we do what we do with our hands, the, the real question is not what we do with our hands. The question is, why do we do what we do with our hands? See, it's not necessarily a, a hands question. It's a heart question. It's a question of what is the condition of your heart? What is the motive for what you're doing? And right now, coming out of a pandemic, that is the most important question many of us can ask. Because there are lots of people with lots of ideas and lots of inclinations of what the church ought to be about and, and how we ought to act as the people of God. But I'll have to be honest with you. When I baptize people like I did this morning, and when I see two little girls who are actually standing back there, what you couldn't see is they're back there dancing, they're having a great time, and that's because Leanna's a dancer, and so all three of them are dancing. <laughs> and I'm saying, when I baptize you, don't do that. <laughs> no, I'm teasing. Or when RJ is baptized, and RJ and I have walked through a lot of stuff together the last few months, and I know what God's doing in his life. Some of you are his teammates. See, when I, when I see that, I, we're not baptizing people just so people will know, oh, at Eastside Church, they're baptizing X number of people. No, 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 we're not doing that. Because you see, that's just about your hands. We're baptizing people because the heart of God is being demonstrated in people's lives. The heart of God is being demonstrated in the lives of the people around you. And right now, there's never been a more important time for us as the people of God, involved in the kingdom of God, to move past the understanding of the institutional church, to move past the traditions that we have embraced for years just because, just because. I mean, remember, there were people before the pandemic who went to church because it was Sunday, all right? They didn't go to church to worship Jesus. They went to church because mama says you gotta go to church. Or because, well, that's what you do. Or, or they went to church for business contacts. Have you ever met those kind of people? I had an usher one time, not here. I just wanted you to know, not, not here, but in one of the other churches I pastored, who every time there was a first-time guest would give her real estate card to them, right? And I'm like, no, no, you, you, no, no. We're not here to grow your business. We're here to grow the kingdom of God. You see, you don't go to church for the business contacts. You don't, listen, you don't go to church in order to be the newest community development foundation. No, no, what, what you do is you, you, you go to church because you're a part of the people of God. 
And whether you choose to be with us in person or online, you're a part of our family. You're a part of the family of God if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, no matter where you are. One of the great amazing things that I've seen in the last couple of years are the number of people from around the world who are in our chat rooms and in, in our online stream. And they send prayer requests and emails to us. And some of them I know from my own travels, students at the Asia Bible College in Kochi, South India, or students in West Africa, or, or missionaries from around the world. But what I know is where, wherever you are geographically, the question is not where are you, the question is why are you there? And no matter what it is that you do to try to do good, the question is not how much did you do, but, but, but why did you do it? And the Apostle Paul was trying to, trying to help the churches in Galatia understand that in the first century, which is why this, this letter that he writes to them is so important to us. Because what, what Paul is saying to the church in Galatia is this, it's really important that your heart be the course of action so that your hands follow the leading of your heart. When I was a kid, we used to sing a little song they said, be careful, little hands, what you do. Well, be careful, little hands, what you do. For the Father up above is looking down in love. Well, be careful, little hands, what you do. Oh, it had another verse, too. Well, be careful, little feet, where you go. That one always scared me. Oh, be careful, little feet, where you go. For the Father up above is looking down in love. So be careful, little feet, what you go. Can I tell you, I know they meant well with that song. But it's about more than my feet and my hands and what they do and where they go. It's about my heart. It's about my connection to Jesus Christ. And that's why Paul writes this letter. And that's why he gets to a place in the letter where he begins to talk about, about doing God's work, for lack of a better phrase, doing God's work God's way. And this morning, there's some things about God's work that I want to... I want to share with you that the Apostle Paul shared with them 2,000 years ago that I, I honestly believe will help us dramatically understand how to be the people of God in the kingdom of God on mission for God. And if you're not a follower of Jesus today and, and you're here, maybe you're here because one of your family or friends was baptized today, then, then I just want to let you know I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for taking the courage to, to come in and be with us today. And if you got questions, this is a safe place for your questions. Just hang with us because I think, I, I think if you hear what I want you to hear, what, what I'm trying to say to you, I'm not sure I'll say it right, but I think it could change your life. And so I just want to encourage you to spend a few minutes and, and consider the possibility that, that what I'm saying actually is true and it could change who you are. So the apostles writing to these people and listen to what he says. If you've got a Bible that you brought with you, you can turn with me to Galatians, the sixth chapter. I'm gonna start reading at the sixth verse. If you didn't bring a Bible with you, in the chair in front of you, there is, except for you guys in the front row, sorry about that, all right? Uh, but, but there is, uh, in the chair in front of you, there is a Bible, and you can have it. It's our gift to you if you need one, all right? But if you got one on your device, or if you just wanna read it off the screens, the words will be there as well. Listen to what he says. 
Let the one who is taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And and let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. Now, when you hear me read that passage... I want you to hear a couple of different things out of it. The first thing is, I I need to clarify that first verse because that verse has been misused a lot. Uh, The the verse that that says, share every good thing with the one who teaches you about God. Uh, Several years ago, there was a, a, I don't know what you call it, a a movement among some churches here in the United States. Maybe maybe you were a part of one of them. Maybe you have family at work. I I don't know. It kind of went away. It it, it kind of lasted for a season and went away. But but the movement was this. It it was an understanding of of this passage that that said that if a speaker, a preacher, someone who's sharing the gospel, it says something good, and it blesses your heart, it, it helps you, it helps you grow, then right there, right then, while they're speaking, you should get up from wherever you are and bring money and put it down next to them. Never happened in any church I pastored. I don't understand why. But I had some friends who were on the speaking circuit, and we were talking one day about, about the places we were speaking, and somebody said, hey, Carrie, has that ever happened to you? And I'm like, no, not happened to me. I said, has that happened to any of you? And a guy named Ralph said, "Uh, yeah, it happened to me. He said, I don't believe in it, but it happened to me. I said, really? He said, yeah. I said, I got invited into this church down in South Carolina. I started preaching, and and this guy walks up, and he drops money. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And then another guy dropped money. He said, Carrie, by the end of the sermon, there was $3,000 there. I said, what'd you do with the money? He said, well, I didn't want to offend him, so I, you know, I kept it. And I'm like, are you what? And I, 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 I want you to understand, this is not a passage about that. <laughs> this is not a passage about, about how you should pay the pastor more money. It's not even a, pa- a passage about how if you sow money, you'll get money. Because I've, I've heard that one too, all right? In fact, I used to get tickled. There were guys that used to be, this was before the pandemic, when, when you would have people who would come on on the radio, maybe you used to hear them, and they would say, if you send us $100, God will give you 1000 I mean, like God's just that kind of automatic teller at the bank, right? You put 100 in, you know, I mean, God is not the casino, y'all, okay? And in fact, I looked at one of them one time, I actually was having a conversation. He said, well, I'm teaching my people, you know, you got to sow in order to reap. And so if you sow a hundred, it'll come out as a as thousand. And I looked and I said, I got an idea. Instead of us all giving you a hundred, you give us the hundred and that way you'll get the thousand, right? And I'm like, he didn't think of that. He didn't like that so much. So, so here's, here's what I'm saying to you. When Paul says, share, those of you who are being taught, share every good thing with the one who's teaching, maybe he's not talking about money. Maybe what he's talking about is the work of God. 
Maybe, as my friend Charles Myrick over in Ireland and in Akron, Ohio would say it, it's like this. You catch the vision, and then you share the work. Maybe, maybe what is really being said when Paul talks to the church in Galatia about share every good thing is, is this. He's giving us a redefinition of what it means. He's given us the why for what our hands do. He's given us a why for the what. Here's, here's what I want to suggest to you. I want to suggest to you that all of God's work, the work of the kingdom of God, the work of the people of God, all of God's work is shared work. All of God's work is shared work. And I want to thank you because I, you know, I, 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 I see what God is doing through so many people. In this. Every day when I walk in, there are bags that are clothes that are brought into this place to give to the children of the Anderson Community School System through Jakara's Closet. Every month, on the, on the, for the last six years, every month on the third Thursday, there are some of you from this service, some from the earlier service, some of you from our online community who go to 10th Street Elementary School Anderson University soccer, Anderson University men's basketball, you guys have been awesome to help us feed hundreds of families in this community every month on the third Thursday. So when the pandemic hit and you had people who were doing big blowouts, we're gonna feed all the hungry people in Anderson. Hey, listen, we've been doing that. But here's the deal. It's shared work. It's the shared work of all the people of God in the kingdom of God and when you do that, that scripture verse, let the one who has taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches, is more about sharing in the work of the kingdom than it is about blessing the teacher with material things. Because God, God doesn't want to just bless the teacher. God wants to bless you. God wants to bless you with showing you the why for what your hands do. He wants to show you the heart of God as well as the hand of God. See, there are an awful lot of people who always want the hand of God. God, give me this. God, give me this. No, listen, seek the heart of God. Because when you seek the heart of God, then you're going to end up with, with, the, with, with a, a renewal of your own spirit. You're going to have the kind of spirit where you can make a difference in somebody's life where well, you can leave behind what you know and go into what you don't know. But some of you are hearing me and you're going, yeah, preacher, I've heard that, I've heard that, I've heard that. And sometimes in our culture, we, we're a culture that worships the grandiose. We are, we are a celebrity-driven culture. I mean, who else but the Western culture could come up with something called an influencer? I mean, uh, I'm sorry. To those of you who are influencers, um, please forgive me, all right? But, but the whole thing, and for those of you who have no idea what I'm talking about, it's okay, all right? We'll talk to you later, all right? But, but this concept that you have to do it big or go home is not a part of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is about shared work and consistency. You see, God's work is consistent work. That's why I love to walk in here and see all the clothes that you guys bring. That's why I love to see those of you who volunteer the third Thursday of every month to go out to 10th Street Elementary and to do it month after month after month and through the pandemic, not just to do it in the school year, but to do it throughout the year. That's why I love to partner with some of our partners here in the city who do the work and listen, they don't do the work for the photo op. There are some people who serve for the photo op. That's not what I'm talking about. 
They do the work because their heart has been changed. They do the work because their heart has been moved by God. They're being formed in the image of Jesus Christ. And they're becoming people of love and grace and mercy. And it's more than about getting the return on the investment. And it's consistent. And it's day in and day out, every day. When I was in Oklahoma City, the man who followed my father 10 years as president with 23 years of his own life given as president, looked at me and said, hey, Kerry, you know, you know what your father told me when I became the president? I said, no, what did he tell you? He took me to the office, Kerry, and he showed me the places behind the desk that nobody sees where the imprints of the previous president and your father's knees were. Where the carpet was a little worn from the time they spent on their knees praying for the school to make it. And he said to me, I just want you to know where the real source is. I'm giving this to you. And can I tell you something, folks? It's that kind of consistency. It's the kind of consistency that says, you know what? We may be... Get, we may get a big donation or we may, we may help a whole lot of people or we may have a big Easter crowd or we may have whatever it is, but that's not, that's not the heart. The heart is we want to serve everybody we get a chance to serve. See, God's work, God's work is shared among us all as the people of God and God's work is consistent. It's not hit and miss. It's not occasionally. We, no, no. It's, and here's what I want to say to you. After being the pastor of this church for a long time, 25 years, after, after watching this city and, 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 the, and this area of Madison County and Delaware County and Henry County and Grant County, I, I just want you to know it's the consistency that will change it. And God is at work. Because God, God's consistency brings in resiliency. You see, the consistent work says this. Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. Please hear that. When you see somebody going off and doing something and you think, why do the wicked prosper? You're not the first person to ask that. The psalmist asked that. The psalmist said to God, hey God, how come the people who are taking advantage of everybody are prospering and those of us who are trying to love people are, are struggling? For those of you who are facing burnout in your professions, for those of you who are trying to figure out what's really happening, for those of you university students who are trying to, you've been online, freshmen, you've been most of your high school career online, now you have to live with a roommate who's not related to you. It can be done. You may twitch a little bit when it's over, but it can be done. What I want you to know is God will not be mocked. No matter what your hands do, he knows your heart. And the God who will not be mocked is the God who knows that if you invest consistently, if you invest your life in the service of the gospel, in the service of God, not your self-service, not the service of an institution, not the service of being popular, not, not the service of, of gaining notoriety, but instead in the place where you have been called to serve, where he has gifted you in the stuff maybe nobody else ever sees, what God will do is he will not be mocked. He will care for you. 
Even when you're falsely accused, even when you fail, even when you're struggling, he will always be there for you. And what I got to do this last week was walk across the grounds of a university that 30 years ago was facing bankruptcy and today is debt free. I, I, I got to walk across and to the place in the, in the athletic center that, that was built while my dad was the president. And they, one of the ways they, they raised the money was people could buy a brick and they'd have their name and Greg took a lot of money. Those were expensive bricks. And, I, and, and they had the name engraved on them. They had this little, and I walked over and I looked at my, the brick with my mom and dad's name on it and my grandparents' name on it. And, and all of those things happened and my, my heart just kind of rolled out this gratitude for the, for the people who have consistently, through the 70 years of life of that school, been there. It's the same kind of feeling I get when, as an alum, I walk across the Anderson University campus and I see what's going on and I know the people who gave their entire life to make that happen. They didn't just write a check. They gave their life. Some of you in this room are people like that. And, and what I know is that, that God will not be mocked. Yeah, he's not an insta-teller, and you don't just put something in and get something out, but, but, but what he is, is, is he is consistent in his love for you. And right now, coming out of the pandemic, I, I am absolutely convinced there's never been a better time to be a part of the kingdom of God because you've got some family, you've got some friends, you've got some coworkers, and, and they're struggling right now. Because if you think it was hard making it through the pandemic as a follower of Jesus, how, how do you think they felt if they don't know him? And if that's who you are today and you wandered in here or you joined us online because you're struggling and you're trying to figure it out, I'm so glad you're here because here's what I want you to know. The God who made everything, the God who knows everything, he knows you and he cares about you and he does want your life to be whole. And he's consistent and he will not be mocked. And when you live in that way where where you understand that what you're talking about is about something that's heavenly and spiritual instead of something that's fleshly. And it's an old word that many of you won't know, but I, it's in my vocabulary and I have to use it. It's called carnal. What carnal means is that you give the appearance of being godly, but you actually do things for yourself. And even though there are multitudes of people that way, the people who get past that who understand why God is at work, not just what God is doing. They are the people who catch the vision and join the work. They, they are the people who are, who are repurposed to do the good work God wants. They are the people who make a difference. And you, if you're not one of them, you can be, because you were made for this. You were made to be a person in, in whom God works by changing your heart and then having your hands follow your heart. And the good news is, 
even when you're struggling, even when it's hard, even when you're burned out, even when you, when you can't find your ways, as Heather was talking to you earlier, even, even when you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, even when you're struggling, even when it doesn't feel like God's there, no, God's there. Because God's work is resilient work. His, his work is always there for you, no matter what happens. Having gone to school in this town, when General Motors had 25,000 hourly jobs, and the temptation for every high school graduate was to get a job at the factory and not go to college, because you could quite honestly make more money at the factory than you could with a college degree. And then moving back here to serve when those jobs were gone. Having watched this community of Anderson and the surrounding area of Madison County, Henry County, Delaware County, Grant County, having watched it change from a place, some of you are gonna think this is funny, but at one time, at one time in Madison County, we made fun of the people from Fishers. We looked down our nose at them, those poor people in Hamilton County. Now those of you in Hamilton County are returning the favor. What we sowed, we are now reaping, all right? But having watched all of that, can, can I tell you what I've learned? I've learned that God and his people are not just people who serve, not just people who are consistent, but they're resilient. And the best definition I know of resilient is, is from, and some of you are gonna, it's a heavy theological definition. It's from, uh, it's Rocky Balboa, okay? I mean, if you've ever watched one of those movies, all right? I mean, he's, he's, he's one of those guys that it doesn't matter if he wins or if he loses, you think he's gonna win every time. And, and honestly, when I look at our communities here and around us, I think about that because here's the deal. We get punched, we get kicked, we get spit on, we, all of the stuff that happens to Rocky, and so hopefully nobody goes, cut him, you know, or whatever that, that, that was that the manager did to cut his eyebrows so he could keep fighting. That just never seemed nice to me, all right? But, but what I know is we just keep getting back up off the mat. And I just want to say to those of you who have been that resilient because God is at work in your life, thank you. But to those of you who are tired and those of you who are weary, to those of you who are struggling coming out of the pandemic, I want to tell you one more story and share with you one more scripture. In fact, what I want to do is read the scripture over you. The story comes from a family vacation. I was speaking in Arizona for a gathering and scheduled some vacation for the week or two after it. My sons were in eighth grade and 10th grade, I think. What I know is we had none of us had ever seen the Grand Canyon. And so after our speaking assignment was over in Phoenix, we took time to drive north and spend a few days at the Grand Canyon. Now, I, I, I was always trying to tell my sons how to collect souvenirs without spending money, how to make memories instead of just buying junk at the gift store, right? And so one of the things I had said to them was, find something that you might wanna collect, something that you might wanna hold on to, something that'll be a memory maker for you. And my oldest son, Kyle, 
actually took me up on that. I know because we went on a hike in the Grand Canyon. And we went down, and man, going down was easy, and it was beautiful, and, and then we turned and we started to come back up, and, and I noticed that this freshman in high school who was lifting weights all, all winter long getting ready for football season, this, this young man who was very, very physically fit and very physically strong was laboring. Three, I'm like, man, the altitude's, I'm, I'm feeling better. I'm not so bad. I'm, I may be old, but I'm not dead. You know, and I'm, and I'm, I'm like, yeah, we got this. And, and then I, we stopped to rest. And I looked and I said, Kyle, you okay, man? He said, yeah, but, but my backpack's kind of heavy. I said, well, what do you got in the backpack? He said, memories. I said, what, what memories you got in the backpack? He had been picking up rocks from the Grand Canyon. I picked that up, I could barely lift the thing. It's probably 50 pounds of rocks. And there's a sign right there, do not take rocks from Grand Canyon. <laughs> he emptied out, I, I'll confess, I did keep one rock, let him keep one rock. Little bitty thing. Poured them all out. And we're about halfway back up to the top when he looks over at me. He goes, boy, Dad, this is a lot easier without all that weight. <laughs> Freshman, what are you gonna do, you know? Can I tell you something? When God repurposes your heart to change the activity of your hands, when God begins to repurpose your life to do good, to be a part of his work, then then that resiliency is not because you, you have the strength to carry the burden. And that's where some of you are right now. Some of, you have, some of us are still trying to carry all the burdens ourselves. But you know what? Paul talked about that in another letter he wrote. He wrote it to the church in Corinth. He wrote them two letters, both of them highly disciplinary letters because the church had major malfunction, dysfunction in it. But, but in that, he, he actually wrote some words that changed my life many years ago. It's in 2 Corinthians chapter four. It starts at verse seven. What he says is that we've been given this ministry. He says that in the first six verses. By the power of God at work. And then he says, this is amazing. We have this treasure, this gift of God this salvation in Jesus. We have this treasure in earthen vessels so that the all-surpassing power comes from God, not from us. And there's one translation, I love it. It's, it, it translates that term, earthen vessels, into cracked pots, okay? We, we have this treasure of God himself through Jesus Christ loving us and, and doing for us what we celebrated in baptism today. And we, and we have it in these fragile earthen vessels that sometimes get cracked and sometimes leak and, and sometimes get buffeted around. And, and because we have it there, we understand that the strength to carry the load, the strength to make it through, it's not from us. It's from God at work in us.
And so this morning, whether you're on campus with us or online, here's what I, I would love to do. I want to invite you to drop the rocks you've been carrying. The weight, the load, the burden. I, I'm going to invite you to, to, to make a moment where you lay everything down. Because if you can do that, Paul describes a life repurposed to do good that is beyond any other human description. So I want to read that over you today. I want to read that as God's promise to you today. And then I'm going to invite you to sing. And as we sing, I'm going to invite you to visually unpack the weight you've been carrying. Because God's work is shared. And God's work is consistent. And God's work is resilient. But that doesn't come from you. That comes from Jesus living inside you. So, if you're on campus, would you stand with me? If you're online, would you, would you just get in a place where you can... You can receive these words. Listen to what Paul says. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the all-surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. Are you ready? This is for you. We are afflicted in every way, but we're not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We've been persecuted, but never forsaken. We've been struck down, but never destroyed. We always carry in our body the salvation given to us by the death of Jesus Christ so that the life of Jesus may be manifested in us. Our hearts have been changed so our hands can do the will of our Father. But if you just try to do it with your hands without a change in your heart, if you just try to do the what without the why, you don't have the strength. So today, let's lay it down.